What's up and welcome to the single player experience. As always, I'm your host Sebastian Malden and in this episode, we're doing things a little bit different than the norm. I'm not going to give you a video game recommendation, no. We're going over everything that was announced in the recent Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct. And I say we because I have a special guest joining me for this one. We have Alejandro Segovia returning to make his second appearance on the Single Player Experience Podcast. You remember Alejandro, he's a host of the X Button Podcast, he's a video game journalist, and he's a writer for the Season Game site as well as the CriticalCorner.com. As I said, Alejandro and I are just going to give our overall thoughts on the Xbox Developer Direct. Is this the first step to Xbox turning everything around with its narrative that they don't have first party games? Find out right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, man. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest returning to the podcast today. He is a video game journalist for the CriticalCorner.com, and he's one of the hosts of the X Button podcast. This is Alejandro, the X Button, Segovia. Oh, Hi, everyone. I'm back. It's yes. been like it's been a minute, not quite, like it's just uh, a month ago when we first recorded. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Am so, I going to become your like Andy Richter or something? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for it's going to keep coming back uh, once in a while. But yeah, last time was such, so, much, so much fun getting to like meet you that first time. And mm-hmm. then now you like co- coming into my show, meeting Paul. And eventually he'll also join you here whenever like there's time while he's oh, in yeah. the middle of his move. But yeah. And back, people, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Alejandro, you know, like, I loved having you on the show, but I had to have you back because we had some really big news that dropped today, a lot of things that happened. But before we get to the topic of the show, what have you been playing lately? So, I have been playing a couple things. Uh, I recently just finished uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Mm-hmm. That was, like, one of my... Uh, one of my leftover games from like 2022 that was actually one of my most exciting games, exciting games for the fall of that year. And there was just something about Plague Tale that, having just played Innocence at the V, like right before it came out, there was just something about Requiem that I could see like the ways that it was better, but it just wasn't compelling me to go back to it. But my co-host Paul like actually went back to it and finished it, and then he was like praising a lot of things about it, like to high heaven. That was like. Well, I need to clear out my hard drive. It's still installed there, so I don't want to have to like reinstall it later. So let's just plow through and finish it. And I did that late last night at like two a.m. And boy, oh boy, that game like left me torn in so <laughs> many ways because as a story, it's incredible. Like I, we were talking about it in like our pre-show uh, before we started recording, but uh, it's just like that 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 game is just like mystery porn to the best in, in the best way that I like especially me that I love Last of Us especially part two that I like when games leave me reeling the ending of that game like really stuck the landing for me in a way that left me haunted and like really depressed that I literally when I went to bed that was all I was dreaming of that ending it was it was incredible but the game part of it disappointed me a little because 
I am a big fan of stealth games. I like how stealth was done in the first uh, in in the first Playtale game because it it felt it, it built on the theme that you're this 15 year old girl with a little kid, and you're trying to survive the French or whatever Inquisition this game is supposed to like be adapting to, and this one made you bl- more bloodthirsty and wanted to make you like more more of an actiony game, and. I felt that the gameplay mechanics were not evolved significantly to like really account for that until you're later in your upgrades. And it, so it just made the gameplay parts of it more of a slog than they were previously. And things that would have been cooler in concept, like a more wider environment, uh, just became slogs to go through because there were like you had your litany of enemies, ones that had the helmets so you couldn't remove this time like you did like you could with certain tools in the first game. And uh yeah, it, the gameplay just didn't do it for me, but I'm glad that I finished it. I'm just like, and it, it just confirms to me that the first game was better. And another game that I am recently finished that technically I had already finished, but I did all the DLC for it, especially from the from the break until now. Uh, I went back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I played Valhalla for the first time last year, and 123 hours later, like I really did enjoy the main game of Valhalla and I know that's not like a very popular opinion but Valhalla really like touched to me like the areas of Assassin's Creed that I really love that I know others don't this was like I love first civilization shit like that's like my jam and I feel like the way Valhalla really like tied that narrative to the current narrative of where the series was and like also like try to make sense of the entire series overall was something that really like really compel me in a way that doesn't compel the people are just like, no, I like Assassin's Creed just for the historical stuff. So let me tell you, like, if you just like historical stuff, the two of the DLC packs, Wrath of the Druids and Siege of Paris, are totally for you because they have no bear on the on the, on the story of that game. And when I was playing the DLC, I tell you, I was bored to tears. <laughs> it was like that because that, that DLC was endless. It was like, gameplay was like, it didn't add too much that could separate it from just being adding another 20 hours into an already bloated game and then like the final dlc dawn of ragnarok i think it's cool in concept seeing like them go wild because i like when assassin's creed go uh, assassin's creed goes wild but playing dawn of ragnarok just made me sad because i'm like i'm seeing what a potential immortal sequel could have been that, <laughs> that had been and uh that i focused on norse mythology because then the the way norse mythology is done in the main valhalla campaign it's interesting seeing like how that actually ties to first civilization and just through different perspectives and analyzing it, you could find it plausible. Dawn of Ragnarok is not plausible at all. So it's like it doesn't feel like I'm learning about the first civilization. I'm just watch I'm just playing a mythological game. And that is cool, but that's not Assassin's Creed for me. So I finished it, I was like, that was cool, but I was like, I spent what, forty hours of my life trying to beat all this DLC? And at the end, I'm like, I was left myself questioning why I was doing it other than just trying to complete it and also trying to clear my hard drive because recent <laughs> games that are launching right now are like 90 gigs. So I was like, if it began, I didn't want to like go back much later and have to have to reinstall it. So I was like, I'll just take the L and just play it now. If you're interested in playing Valhalla DLC, don't. I don't recommend <laughs> it. Okay. And I, 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 and, I, and I did love that main campaign. I always tell people, oh, yeah, I spent 123 hours of Valhalla. And someone asked me, how many of those hours were fun? I was like, 122. Only <laughs> one hour I remember not enjoying. And that tells a lot about how I weirdly got sucked into that game. It felt like it was weird addiction. Like, I don't know what it is about that one and uh, Odyssey that were weird addictions. 
Mm-hmm. They just wired for you. They're just wired in a specific way for you to like keep playing. But right now, also, I'm also playing uh, for spoken, which for spoken. Yeah, How you like and it? I'll say this just for context. Uh, I played the demo back in December. I hated that demo. Um, the mechanics were not well explained, or I may have missed it. The HDR was broken, so the thing was just as much whiteness that made the world so ugly and was giving me like a headache that I just quickly dropped it. And my excitement dropped a lot. Then this past Sunday, like as we were leading towards the reviews, and I want to kind of like before reviews hit, um, mm-hmm. I saw that they patched the demo, which it's for fun context. Final Fantasy 15 back in like 2015 or 2016 also released a demo that they patched. To me, it's like, it's interesting that you're dedicating resources to patch a demo when you have, like, the full game that you have to theoretically work. And I, fi- I went back to it and play and played that demo. And now that HDR was broken and I could at least see things and got to play a little bit more with the magic and realize, oh, my God, this feels like Infamous from Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying it way more to the point that I was like, okay, um, for Season Gaming, one, the one website you forgot in the in our introduction. My bad. I'm <laughs> yes. <so> sorry. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Uh, so I had told him that I was going to commit to review that game. And he had a heading into it. I was like, started dreading it. But then after I played that demo, I was like, the gameplay part, which usually is the most important part of the game, I'm enjoying. So I think it's not going to be as bad, e- even if the dialogue can be really cringy, especially some of the clips that started, like, does the start popping? Playing the game, especially in the first few hours, I tell you. When you see the entire thing in context, the dialogue, not that bad. In fact, I'm just going to declare it right now. If people are having issues with this dialogue, I'm getting ready to like file a complaint towards the MCU. Because <laughs> other uh, because other than the uh, some f bombs that Frey, the character, the main character, mm-hmm. throws here, none of the dialogue that she says feels out of place from what I've seen from some MCU characters, especially the quirky ones like. The Tony Starks, the uh, the Ant Man's, even the Peter Parkers. In fact, I was talking with Paul, uh, with with my co-host Paul from the X Bottom mm-hmm. that the initial section of that game while you're in New York, if you were to like see how Frey deals with like some gang members that are like ganging up on her and trying to steal, and how she, in an ingenious way, tries to like uh, weasel herself out of it and escape, you would be hard pressed in that thing. That feels like Spider Man almost. So, so I feel like. It's easy in the internet era that we are that everything can be taken like in out of context clips and all that, and you're just doing it to dunk. I feel it's like doesn't really make justice to when you're actually seeing the full thing. That some cringy jokes that sometimes were in those clicks, in, in, in some of those clips, sorry, were actually like setting up amazing punchlines for later on that got legit laughs out of me that I was not expecting. And me that I love. A very kinetic, uh, kinetic movement when you go into an open world game, and me that I was also a big fan of Infamous. Those magic powers are scratching that itch for, for a game that I haven't played since like 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding it way better than I thought it would be. Is it great? No. The visuals really lackluster. The oh, the overall world has an interesting style to it and design, but there's just something about the Luminous engine that. That that the Square Eni- that the Luminous team uses for this game that makes the thing try to go for like a photorealist style, but the resolution is too low. Especially like I like playing in performance mode. 
it's it's running relatively smooth. Uh, Digital Foundry reports that sometimes it can dip like in the forty frames. I'm like, I don't care about that. Like, I'm not someone that's gonna be like, oh, this is at 50, 50 frames or forty frames. Like, that doesn't like really affect my enjoyment. In fact, like, I can still play thirty frames games. Like, look at Plague Tale Requiem was a thirty frames per second game on console. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the the visuals is like. They don't hold up well when you're like sometimes looking at characters. Like, for example, Frey's hair is like a pixelated mess on on the on his performance mode. But when you put it like in the quality mode, even the ray trace shadows mode, it looks a little sharper. But it's just not quite there yet. It doesn't feel like, even though this is like a next gen only game, it feels like a game from like last generation, which is weird. But uh, the particle effects when like the powers are flying, especially when you see like the fire, and it there, looks there was, cool. It, it actually looks cool, especially there's this. The first big boss fight of this game is with a big dragon in, like, a very misty place. And the mist, like, mixing with the fire and the particles of, like, your earth uh, earth powers that are going against that can sometimes create some, like, nice spectacle from a particle from particle effects perspective. It's just not that overall great-looking game. So, and maybe mileage may vary with the dialogue, but I tell you, it's like, maybe I'm just so weak to cringe or I'm just <laughs> so tolerant. But that's my thing. I was like... The MCU, if you're, like, objective about it, can be cringy, but that's what makes it fun. It feels like this kind of fun. In fact, like, if I would want to typecast it a little bit, hearing Frey uh, talk with her cuff, it would feel like I'm I'm hearing Riri Williams, the the Black Iron Man, the, the Black Female Iron Man, talking to Jarvis. It kind of has kind of, like, that that kind of vibe. If I would like, try to, like, put it, put, like, an, an analog, how it could be, like, a Riri Williams was, like, this quippy. And also black characters. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not dreading my time. I'm enjoying the time. The thing is that Dead Space is coming soon. <laughs> and today, a, a, a shockingly good game dropped out of yeah. nowhere. And I don't want to say much. Or, uh, I don't want to say much about it right now. Because I want to save that for like the conversation we're gonna we're about to have. So, my plate is full right now. It's kind of it's, it's crazy. <laughs> because I even have Monster Hunter Rise installed on my Xbox. But with Game Pass there. So, I'm like... God, it's January, and I feel like I have all this food that I have to eat. What am I, what am I gonna do? I feel mm-hmm. 2023 is absolutely like we or like, like I mentioned to you when you guessed it in my in my show. 2023, it actually started is starting to feel like it's gonna live up to that. Uh, it, this could be one of those like all time great years. It does just it in really like in does. the in the amount of games that are gonna show up. <laughs> so yeah, it so, really yeah. does. I um, you know, I haven't gotten too deep into Forspoken enough to give my like solid review on it my early impressions have kind of been a little mixed so to speak i the dialogue to to your point doesn't bother me that much it mm-hmm. it reminds me of like a urban anime kind of vibe to me and you know by I'm, the way by the way putting out the isekai of it yeah, all mm-hmm. i feel that's where it's funny because the people in the world of athia they're so traditionally medieval mm-hmm. and when you contrast it with like phrase more like urban new yorker style those clashes are actually legit funny. Like the upper, the the, the upper east side joke, like slayed me. Mm-hmm. Like, well, so like I don't know if you if you're in that part that that that, that the peasant tells her we're like in the rich part. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And 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 then Frey tells her, oh it's like the upper east side, and then the peasant is like, no, this is actually the north side, the, the <laughs> north side of the town. So parts of parts like that, I was like, that is actually funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It's quippy, and I, I like mm-hmm. that. Um. I don't necessarily know if the story is really like riveting me so mm-hmm. far, but like I, you know, I'm only a couple of hours into it, so you know. Yeah, I wouldn't call it riveting. I'm I'm calling it enjoyable. 
Okay. I think that, that yeah, I, I, I think that's the way it's like, uh, I have heard it actually gets riveting later on. At least that's mm-hmm. the Gene Park, what I read from uh, the Washington Post review by Gene Park, mm-hmm. which thankfully he didn't get laid off. Yeah, for like sure. After what after after what happened yesterday, that the launcher got destroyed there. So like his review is the one that actually like made me feel because my my taste really aligned with him mm-hmm. a lot. So like getting to read his review, I was like, oh okay, he gets like at least I understand where he's coming from because he really enjoyed that game. So so yeah, it's like the the clashing tones. It's actually it's so funny because uh, this was also the thing with Stranger of Paradise last year. Mm-hmm. It, it it felt like. Um, when you first look at that game, it just looked cringy as hell. It like is. when you're actually playing it, you realize that they understand that it's cringy and it actually works. Yeah. And and I feel like Forspoken is in that same way. And what I was telling Paul is that yeah, these these two games don't seem different. Ironic coming from Square Enix. The big difference was that Stranger of Paradise only had one year to marinate. Like mm-hmm. it was revealed at E3, and then by before before E3 had to roll before Summer Game Fest had to roll around the next year. The game was already out. We have known about Forspoken since it was Project Athea back in June 2020. So it has been percolating for like three years. So the more you have something to percolate and then you see stuff like this that may seem off, it feels like an easy punching bag. But I feel like the it, like it being a punching bag doesn't give the game uh, a game that I find pretty good. Maybe it's okay. I don't know. But it's kind of like not, it's not bad. Like it really is not bad at all. It's like it's enjoyable. Yeah, I can understand that completely um yeah it's it's one of those things to where i'm like i i completely see the complaints but i also see the bright sides of it and mm-hmm. i'm I, I you know as i kind of play through it i'll kind of give my impressions in the weeks to come but i right now i haven't seen enough to be just completely mm-hmm. off-putting by the games so. exactly it's just like i'm i'm liking it early on mm-hmm. i i got derailed today because i was gonna <laughs> play it after, after before that shadow drop yeah but i, uh, I understand it completely yeah. now real quick Mm-hmm. Have you noticed sometimes, like, when it comes to, like, the review scene, are you finding yourself sometimes, like, at odds when it comes to a game to, like, some ways that some ways a game can is, like, reviewed sometimes? Mm-hmm. So, at some like, times. Like, re, like, like re, especially in recent times, because I feel like I align more back in the day more with, like, the, what some reviews were saying of certain games, mm-hmm. that now that I'm playing them, uh, I feel like sometimes I'm liking games that people don't really like. Or they seem that they're a little harsher, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's a generational thing. I, don't I think know if so. It's, I, I, don't I, I do think so. Like I think a lot of people who used to be like dedicated reviewers or kind of aged up to be like editors now mm-hmm. are, and also like they've aged up to be like uh, like lead editors or lead of teams, and then now the people who are reviewing it are probably on the younger side where mm-hmm. we uh, we've kind of been so. I I don't want to use the word spoiled, but we've kind of been so like accustomed to having good things, you know, like yeah. the best of the best things. Yeah, we you know? come from the Greg Miller era. Yeah, like IGN, sure. basically the Colin Moriarty era, the uh, the Damon Hatfields. If we want to do like the IGN, so like mm-hmm. to me, it's like I feel like around that time, I really connected with what those guys were telling me. That nowadays, now that I get the new people and I see some of those reviews, I'm like. This doesn't compare. Like some very high scored games I didn't like, some low scored games that they put I actually do like. So I, I do find it really interesting. But I think that's why it's so important uh, to n- never just like take a, a review at face value. It's more important than ever to really understand who is the one that's reviewing it. That, because... That's a good point. And yeah, that's a good point. And to make sure like their tastes kind of align with what you're, you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, like if I see something by a different outlet, I kind of look to see who reviewed that from that outlet and say like, okay, well, like such and such really like a lot of his games I really vibe with are mm -hmm. like, you know, like, gr like for you mentioned Greg Miller, like I like some of his takes on open world games and because mm -hmm. he and I can sort of like see eye to eye on like our, our taste on open world games versus yeah. like, you know, like I love, I love, I don't necessarily love like, the, I don't see eye to eye when it comes to like Nintendo things with Tim from kind mm -hmm. of funny, but like I do see eye to eye when it comes to like nuanced games and being like a hallway, like straight traditional experience. And mm -hmm. I completely understand that. Yeah, but. I feel like Tim, when it comes to those games, he I, I actually really align with him and I rarely align with him. <laughs> Usually so it's, it's so funny that sometimes when you find like the specific like niches within within some, within some people mm -hmm. like. For example, like I would say, like even for Greg, it's interesting seeing him that the older he's gotten, he's gotten more into service games. Like he really went to bat for Avengers in a way that, uh, ironically, mirrored my own. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a way, because I was actually a big, uh, very similar to him. I was a big Avengers fan. R.I.P. They are shutting that game off. Yeah. At least just the development. They announced it last week that that game's gonna be killed. Uh, so it's funny seeing how he has evolved because he was a story guy. I was also a big story about it. I'm still the story guy. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, like, our taste kind of grows as we grow older, and then, like, our sort of demands of what we want in video games change as we grow older, too, so it's it's one of those things to where, like, when certain games come out and speak to you, they really speak to you sometimes, too, you know? You know what, it, what made me even more excited about some of the things I read about Forspoken? Mm -hmm. Mainlining it is only 15 hours. Oh, that's like, really good. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. Because mm -hmm. other, other, because one, like, for review purpose, I'm glad that I can get that done early because my next commitment will be Atomic Heart. Yeah. So I could have it like, I could have that like, I have, I'll, and that's until February 1st, Atomic Heart. So mm -hmm. I haven't, I will have enough time to maybe like play through Dead Space, maybe play through Hogwarts Legacy, like on my own leisure, but I don't have to worry about, about like a deadline or anything. So, so yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm weirdly get excited because this is, it's so funny, like something that you learned about Paul when you were in guest. Mm -hmm. Paul is a stickler for, I want a game to last me so long. The thing is that I always make fun of him because he never finishes games. In fact, I whipped him this year into mm -hmm. like whenever we were going to do a top 10 that he was actually like going to have games that he finished because <laughs> the, the previous time that we did a top 10, he didn't finish most of these games. In fact, he put as his number one game, a game that hadn't even come out that year, that his second game, Gardens of the Galaxy, a game that he didn't even finish, defaulted to his game of the year. And he didn't really like it in the end. He never finished it. So I was like, mm -hmm. mm, like... If we're gonna talk about uh, putting things in top ten, at least make sure you finished it. I I, I understand, because um, like uh, a game like, could fall apart if oh, we, yeah, if, for sure. if, if you don't finish it. Like you don't don't know if like a game remains awesome like throughout. That's why I'm I always like to me, in my my top ten that I make uh, that I, that I made all those games I beat. In fact, like one of them I beat down to the wire, Kirby, because that's <laughs> the one that I was finishing, and that one was easy to finish. And it's so, just such an enjoyable game. Uh, he put Midnight Suns in. And oh, no. literally, like, uh, he put it in, having only played, like, 20 hours. Literally, the week after, he was like, I'm sick of it. And then I started, it was like, that is why I don't put unfinished games in a top 10. No matter how enjoyable they are, because that's what happens. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, to your yeah. point, I played um, Dying Light 2 and really enjoyed the first half of that game. Mm -hmm. And just despised the, the back half of that game last year. Mm -hmm. And if I only judged it on the first like 20 hours of that game, it might have been in my top 10 for last year. But mm -hmm. like 
I the back half of that game just to me becomes a completely different supernatural experience that I mm-hmm. wasn't on board with and I feel like kind of became a different game. So I, I concur with that that notion. You kind of need to at least see it all the way through to see if that story stays mm-hmm. in line with what you were expecting or if it falls apart. Yeah, which is why I always find funny that uh, he he wants the games to last him for so long. <laughs> I prefer, like to me, I've always been, I don't like super short games. That, 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 that Because remember back in the PS3 era, we got so many games that were 60 bucks that were like five, six hours long. I remember Force Unleashed 2 was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not vibing with. But give me the 15 to 25 hour game. Okay, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, unless you're really good, the 35 hour one, I can buy it. Like Ragnarok is mm-hmm. technically like a 35 game. Like, can't push. I beat it like in 60 or 70 hours because I platinum on that game. But it's because if I'm really enjoying it, like at least things that are, are not required for me to finish the game, I, I'm willing to like spend more time with it. But for like a commitment to finish it, make the game shorter. Like, yeah. I'm. Like to me, like uh, the, it, I, I I don't subscribe to that mentality of like this game is only good because I spend so many time with it. It's like to me, like uh, yes, there's value in money, but there's also value in time. I prefer my time being more like more respected, which is ironic. I say that when I spend like 123 hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, big difference is that I was actually enjoying that game. That game was just an addiction, but now I like I turn around with it with that DLC that I felt was like 40 hours wasted for me <laughs> playing all of that. So I feel like. Uh, value your time people like yeah as that from developers yeah sometimes i'd rather have a game that's so tight that i can replay i like like we rewatch our favorite movies mm-hmm. we don't need things to just be one and done like i like like being able to relive adventures i understand so. i i'm right there with you like avengers the dark knight uh the dark knight is probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time oh, yes and- every time that i saw it on tv like i was on Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm watching it now, even with commercials. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm I'm right with you. I'm almost to the point now to where like um I'll play like Arkham City and which is mm-hmm. like a it, it can be a longer experience, but like I'll mainline that story almost like in once it's, a year now. It's like it is like ten hours, ten to twelve mm-hmm. hours just to mainline. And that's so awesome because then the side content can keep you like occupied with Arkham City. It really can. It really can. <laughs> So Alejandro, let's get to the topic of the show. Today, yes. Xbox and Bethesda gave us a developer direct. It was a, you know, a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be because like I didn't necessarily know what to expect. Like many mm-hmm. people, we we knew that they were going to show four games, but instead they gave us the five game treatment. I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that aspect. So Alejandro, what did you think of the showcase overall? So I, th- I feel like Microsoft did a really good job at setting the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Because they haven't been able to sometimes manage expectations well ahead of time. Like for example, uh, the last their last showcase they did last year, uh, it wasn't until we were watching it that we knew that they were now formatting that what we were gonna see was gonna cover the next twelve months. Uh, so that so that like limited the scope immediately, and people were not prepared for that. Everyone went into that show like expecting to hear more about many of the things that they had heard before, and. They were like in a damn you do damn damn if you don't situation at that time because they have announced so much that it's still not out. So it's like it, which is always a danger where you don't have much, man. You kind of want to keep excitement, but I feel like this one was uh, better than what they used to do before, which is inside Xbox, which yeah. is like where they said where they sat in like this big room and had like someone like interview the devs, and sometimes they would go forever and. Uh, I feel like from a presentation standpoint, this this direct was like so well done. I was like, they really did put great money and effort into this, especially compared to when they did the pandemic inside Xbox. That felt like 
someone people were making the joke that it was like you're watching Al Qaeda videos because of the really low quality camera that they were like talking with each other when you would expect something to be like you're showcasing the games you want these games to be as prestige as they can and while i wasn't a huge fan of everything that was shown here because some of those games were just not for me i'm excited about the possibility now of because of all these studios that they have that they can't really fit in in their entire showcase especially if the microsoft uh the the microsoft activision blizzard acquisition happens which means they're gonna add even more this will be able to spread the wealth and with everything that they have allows them to really also have nice surprises because they said we're gonna go with the four and then it was like they said the lowest minimum like requirement of like this is what's gonna be in that allows you to like over deliver and that's what they did with the fifth game yeah so, for sure for sure i mean it you like you said they kind of like under delivered and then really punched upwards and and mm -hmm. really hit us hard I, that's how you need to do it you absolutely oh, yeah. need to do it that way yeah oh yeah for like so for reference everyone um we got five games that that were delivered we had let's see microsoft legends hi-fi rush and the elder scrolls online mm -hmm. necrium and then redfall mm -hmm. so out of alejandro for out of all those five games which one stood out to you the most uh the, from the five mm -hmm. the one that was a surprise drop high rise uh, hi-fi hi rush mm -hmm. hi-fi rush yes because it's from Tango Gameworks, the guys that made Evil Within One and Two and Ghostwire Tokyo so horror different. games. So and this different. game is like the complete pivot. This is the going from Killzone to Horizon. This is the, mm -hmm. the this is the going from Titanfall to Jedi Fallen Order. This is the uh, going from Uncharted to The Last of Us. Something that's like so different from from what they did. And I would even say even more stark because this game is like quirky. This game is like colorful. It's like it's such a unique combination and a throwback to something like Red Jet Set Radio, mm -hmm. and, and 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 mixing some Devil May Cry with rhythm with like with rhythm based action, and the best part, it came out today. That was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that shadow drop of like, mm -hmm. hey, and it's out today, and I I lost my mind. Like I was I was doing a live react. Mm -hmm. um on the pro no report youtube channel about it and uh -huh. i was just like i was lost my mind when they said it was coming out today i was just like this game looks absolutely dope and it's because just imagine because just imagine it's like uh, microsoft hasn't had the chance to like uh, reveal a new first party game in a while we just came from 2022 the biggest drought in xbox history and not only did they finally showed something that looks genuinely new and so unlike anything that's from xbox mm-hmm they also dropped it now. We didn't have to wait more. They they Apex Legends us. They really did. <laughs> yeah, they, they really did. And, and on top of that, it being like, this shows the power of Game Pass. Like, why, what makes Game Pass such an attractive value? Because, like, when you really, like, when you start feeding that service, and you don't have to wait much, and it's just be like, hey, your Game Pass subscription just got slightly sweeter today. You don't have to wait anymore. Maybe just a few hours for the game to pop up there. And... And then it to be immediately immediately had because I thought when when they were showing it I was like, okay, well maybe this is the June game, maybe something that's coming out next year or like later later this year. And having it now is like, thank you. It's like I'm like you should be doing more of this. You have 23 studios. You should theoretically with all you have have enough in the pipeline that you will be able to to shadow drop this instead of having to wait how we how we've been so. Yeah, that was like the most impressive thing that I saw in this show, and and I was actually coming into the show because I wanted to see Redfall, and what Same I saw here. with Red, and and then what I saw of Redfall, I'm so this mixed. is, it's it's mixed, but 
more positive than last time that mm-hmm. I saw it. At least I got to see a, li- a little bit more, like, extended chunk of how the game plays and looks. I definitely... I'm, I'm seeing the de- the Deathloop uh, inspirations coming in. Like, especially with the shooting. I'm like, Deathloop is a game that I feel like it's pretty good, but also slightly overrated. Especially because that was a game that was, like, getting tens from, like, IGN and GameSpot. Oh, I love Deathloop. Man, the- I love and- Deathloop. So, so, so the thing is that it's very enjoyable, but I didn't think it was, like, a... T- it was probably a 10 out of 10 in 2021. <laughs> it may look more impressive when everything that was around it, but when I look back more to it, I'm like, no, that was actually a pretty good game that I feel like, to me, like, once the curtain, like, the, the, sm- the smoke curtain fell for me and I understand what it really was, the the replayability of that game plummeted for me, which I, is what I loved mm-hmm. about Arcane Games, because it presents itself as a game with infinite possibilities, and then it turns out that there is only one possibility for you to end the game. It has one specific pattern. And that, to me, was what, like, lowered it. Because initially, I was on board with okay. that. I was like, I like how this plays. I'm liking the vibe. This has a very GoldenEye vibe. Which, by the way, GoldenEye. Coming to Game Pass this Friday. And also Nintendo Switch Online. So, it, it was like, it had that kind of vibe. So, I really like that of Deathloop. But this feels like it will take the mechanics that I really like from Deathloop. Because they really nailed that. Because... Previous Arcane games, maybe not the best gameplay-wise because it had a little bit of sluggishness to it, but the immersive sim element of it is what carried those games. And the immersive sim element lowered in Deathloop, but it became a more fun game to play in the moment. What if Redfall is the perfect amalgamation of those two? Because it it felt like it was like... There, there are more, even though you can do co-op in this game, they feel like the way that we're showcasing is like, you can have like your slow moments as you're going inside houses and seeing the environmental storytelling of like the bleeding text and the things that you can find and on top of like the gunplay looking so much like the one that worked from Deathloop maybe it will be the best of both worlds so that made me more excited except how it looked it had a little bit of yank Mm -hmm. robotic animation sometimes and I was like and this is supposed to come out in May Hmm. it may not be quite a looker but I'm more positive and here's the thing our point of entry for this game is going to be so low it's on Mm -hmm. Game Pass so it's like, at the very least, like the commitment, it will be easier to swallow. For Deathloop, you really have to pay for full price because it was a PS5 exclusive. So. Yeah, that 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 is something. The point of entry is also like dirt low. But like I, I I'm like you. I have my reservations, and I think my reservation isn't the way it looks because like I don't think this game looks great by any of the means of the imagination. But like I don't also think Arcane Austin games all like any of the games look mm. great from that studio. I think they yeah. are stylish i think they have an art style to them but i don't think it's an art style that people would go like that's a showcase that that's Mm -hmm. the game i'm going to use to showcase my console with but like no i'm not even close like absolutely not the one that you would use to showcase a console is forza motorsports oh yeah for sure (laughs) and we'll get to that in a second but like i uh, redfall to me i think what kind of like stood out as as like some question marks here is like they were showing some different things in the game, such as like some of the side missions and such like that during the the showcase. The loot, and, like mm-hmm. colored loot. So. Yeah, some of that made me feel like we're gonna see some repetition, like out of the gameplay. Like we mm-hmm. might, they might have like six different types of missions, and then you're just like doing those same six missions types all over again and again and again. And like, for, it's almost like. You you remember Saints Row from this mm-hmm. year? Did you ever get a chance to play that? Yeah, I did. I did. I did play and finish it. Um, yeah, 
one of the bigger disapp- one of the bigger disappointments <laughs> of that was funny. It was a disappointment, but I enjoyed it. It was uh, so yeah, funny. It, it was so funny. I had yeah. some moments that I enjoyed as well. But what what I'm kind of hinting at here is like you know how like in Saints Row you had like maybe six different mission types, uh, like mm-hmm. side mission types. That's kind of the vibe I get. Not necessarily, but I think it would be higher quality than Saints Row. But what? I get like that kind of that kind of vibe from the side missions. But I also get like left for dead very left for dead elements of this game which kind of makes me feel like this to me is going to be a better co-op experience than it is going to be a single player experience yes yeah. you know? i would hope that they've they they've, they managed the balance because some of the elements that they showed were you by yourself mm-hmm. and i was they like did. okay and and i was like okay it's like if i wanted to really play this by myself i can see a lot of the things that i do like from arcane kind of shining just as, a, as an experience that i played by myself but the fact that it's, it has that option for co-op, I really want to see how that how that works because obviously Deathloop was their first foray into multiplayer, but that was more like a one v one PvP thing, like like PvP thing. That was which, by the way, I have like <laughs> I want I stream launch day Deathloop and Paul invaded me and I didn't know that Paul invaded me and what? I killed him. <laughs> yeah, and so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only I only realized it was him because he texted me because he showcased he 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 screenshotted my stream. And then I was like, "Wait, that was you?" That's <laughs> funny. That's because funny. because I killed because it's Juliana was like running backwards. I was like, "Why mm-hmm. is Juliana running backwards?" Shotgun, 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 <laughs> and, and that was him because he said he wanted to uh, he wanted to have that that fun moment where he was gonna kill me on stream and it would be funny. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny it backfired on him. <laughs> but, oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that was so funny. But uh, I, I, the good thing is that it's coming in May. Mm-hmm. My thing is that. Especially with the Forza Motorsport not getting a date. That after, was shocking. After, after initially seeing, yes, they said uh, in last showcase, spring 2023, and they removed the spring thing. I'm like, Starfield ain't coming this first half. I'd be shocked. Because where do you put it? I, I'm I, like, I think maybe Starfield drops in, in June or June or July, and then maybe Forza Motorsport is the big fall game for them. Yeah. Or maybe both. Yeah, I mean, when we really think about it, like they're not strangers to doing like two games in the fall. Halo Infinite no. and um and Forza um, Horizon were both like fallish games, you know. And you would even make the argument big mistake because uh, Halo releasing undercut Forza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, the the like Forza could have carried that fall for them. They yeah. had already released Psychonauts like a month or two before. They already had like a few Game Pass drops also in there. Uh, they only wanted Halo there because they wanted to hit that anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad looking back now that all their attempts to try to hit that anniversary came to bite them in the in, in the butt because that, really that, that that game collapsed afterwards because they didn't have a plan. And then we got the news of all the layoffs happening on Microsoft and the single-player part of Halo Infinite suffering a lot from those layoffs. I'm like, what even is the future of Halo anymore? I'm like very crestfalling in regards to that series in, 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 uh, over here but um because i don't i wouldn't think that forza motorsports would be like the uh the main uh because i feel forza horizon has more appeal than motorsport it does it has more, so, like, like, more like popular appeal and like more like yeah mainstream appeal than forza so motorsport. like if a, if a forza horizon 5 could have like carried the end of 2021 for them i don't think just a forza motorsport could because I feel like its appeal is a little bit more niche, uh, because it's a little bit more hardcore, even not even though not as hardcore as Gran Turismo, I would say, a game that I it's like I always find so nigh on impenetrable, mm-hmm. uh, even though this is always so pretty. Uh, 
me, my big question is, I feel Hellblade should be ready by now. Because Hellblade was the game that they showcased the Xbox Series X with when it when they revealed the console back in Game Awards 2019, pre-pandemic. When, yeah. they, when, when at Keeley's show, it was like, yeah, we're announcing the next console here. And then immediately after, here's the demo, like like, like, like a visual like intro for Hellblade 2. And then we got the, the the gameplay demo in 2021 that looked incredible. I'm like, that's been like four years in development, maybe five, if you like think whenever they bought Ninja Theory. Uh, Ninja Theory. It feels like that could be one that they could insert in the fall. And how about the two, like, the burger and fries? Well, is that, <laughs> you, 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 you need your two servings. So You do. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you, though. Like, I, I'm so scared that, like, they are just going to have a wave of, like, slew of games that they're just going to launch on one on top of each other and not give mm-hmm. any room to breathe. I would almost, even if that game is ready by fall, I'd almost push that back towards, like, that february slot of mm-hmm. like video games because you know february has become the new fall season of games as, as yeah it's well. so funny like that that's literally how it, how it is now it's like mm-hmm. now it feels like you actually look forward to january to march yeah that's, that, sure. that's like that, that, that those are the moments where before they were like you yeah. would be lucky if you would get something in january february i feel like february has had a history of sometimes releasing some games there mm-hmm. even by re- dating back to like i remember in 2009 that's when killzone 2 launched even yeah. killzone 3 uh, Horizons here at launch there. Uh, January once in a blue moon would get the the Mass Effect two launch in January. Mm-hmm. Then Capcom started feeding us in January for like a good for, for like a good a little while. RE seven, uh, RE two remake, uh, Monster Hunter World were like the January games, and people are starting to wake up to the fact that sometimes people just want something new. And then if you are like the one the one game that's launching in that dead month that is January. You you're gonna be month. so successful yeah now everyone caught on look how many games launched this january <laughs> for sure for sure it's almost like you know like january in the fall i mean february in the fall are kind of like that that like triple a this is the launch season and now mm-hmm. like the indies sort of rule the summer so to speak yeah. but like i am i i i'm like you though i think like hellblade could be ready this um this mm-hmm. like fall but even yeah. still i'd move that thing to spring and, and then i'd have possibly hellblade and fable mm-hmm. to launch in 2023 yeah you know? the thing is that we need to hear about fable like fable it was it's like we started hearing rumors that they, they could be unsubstantiated that apparently is that that thing was trouble which at this point like how many times i've heard of just a microsoft developed thing that's in trouble which is so sad uh to me it all depends on when starfield launches because yeah. It's in uh, the days that we got here. So obviously, we had Minecraft Legends, mm-hmm. uh, which was the thing that started off the show. Which not my game. I, not I did, either. yeah, I did enjoy Dungeons because I did like Diablo, and I felt like they did a good kid Diablo, mm-hmm. and it was in Game Pass back in 2020. So it, it launched when we were in lockdown. So it felt like a good mindless game to play around the time. And uh, I believe that was be- April 18th, right? Yeah, April 18th. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, you get. Uh, you get you, you get Redfall ten days before Tears of the Kingdom, Ugh. so they only have ten days to like make a mark before K- Tears of the Kingdom becomes the insufferable, uh, insufferable game that everyone's gonna be talking about and praising to high heaven. I already tell you, or we, we talked about this in mm-hmm. our uh, in our top ten most anticipated games of twenty twenty three, which you can listen to now on, over in the Xbox podcast with mm-hmm. Sebastian there. Um, that I feel like, especially the way people have treated Breath of the Wild, I think that's going to swallow a lot. And 
Suicide Squad is the only thing that's left in that month. And I feel like, especially with the recent screenshot that got leaked, that looked like it was going to be like a live servicing, my excitement of that game, boop, plummeted, like, to zero, (laughs) especially after seeing how Gotham Knights went. So... Yeah, it, it, and it has, like, Marvel's Avengers kind of vibes to it now, mm-hmm. and no one wants that. But, yeah, I, you know, going back to the showcase, we had, mm-hmm. you know, Redfall, we had Hi-Fi, um, Forza Motorsport, which, by the way, we were talking about a second ago. Like, I completely agree with you. Forza Motorsport, to me, has to, it has to somehow do the impossible, and that's, like, real-in non-car enthusiasts because, mm-hmm. like, this game is a super niched game, especially on the motorsport side of things where, like, you that only normally appeals to like the hardest of hardcore like mm-hmm. car enthusiasts and to be of fair that. there's many like those games have sold mm-hmm. millions and obviously it has game pass it's just that it's i i wouldn't put it that as the game to like hinge your fall no especially sure especially in a theoretical fall that launches with spider-man 2 over in the playstation side mm-hmm. which that game's gonna sell a ton like like spider-man 2 like the marvel spider-man 2018 such a huge seller Mix it and then mix in uh, what you might call it, uh, Miles Morales. Like, especially if it hits, and I believe like we're we're talking that, and 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 I feel like it will because Insomniac is actually really good Mm -hmm. at uh, what you might call it, uh, at knowing when to hit their dates. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you remember, even with like Rift Apart, uh, they made sure to not say when. They initially they were like, we're gonna be in the launch window. Okay, the launch window usually for six months. Our date is June. We got to June. Rift Apart was there. And then even with Spider-Man 2018, they said, we're not going to, we're in 2018. And they were like, no, we're in September 4th, 2020, uh, or September 7th, whichever whichever mm-hmm. of those days was. Uh, and they hit it. Insomniac is rare for them to really delay because I know that there's people who are like, will Spider-Man make it? It's like, look at Insomniac's trap record. It will. They're <laughs> going to make me? it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're going to make it. As a matter of fact, like, PlayStation is going to be on them, like, and say, like, hey, do whatever it takes. You're going to hit this deck. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, to your point, though, like, Forza Motorsport versus Spider-Man 2 versus, uh, like, Nintendo. Nintendo is going to have something in the fall. Like, it like it could be Metroid. It could be a new, like, mainline Mario game. Mm-hmm. They're going to have something in the fall as yeah, well. Yeah, especially remember the Mario movie's out in, like, two months. Yeah. So it would be insane if they don't, like, really synergize. But it's Nintendo. Nintendo never makes anything that you would think would make sense. Because no. they, just like doing their, they just like doing their own thing. Weird um, Nintendo decisions, basically, yeah. But, like, even if they, like, port Mario Galaxy 2 over, like, to the mm-hmm. Switch, and that's, like, one of yeah, their fall things. That is still, like, the most asinine thing i could ever think of like why are you living up galaxy 2 like if you got galaxy 1 working like galaxy 2 should be able to work like there theoretically but they love like i'm i'm still like we've talked before is like mm-hmm. me and my relationship with nintendo and then like holding <laughs> back uh both wind waker and twilight princess from mm-hmm. the switch it's, it's like a perpetual case of blue balls for me with that <laughs> so so um so yeah it's like it's it, Maybe who who knows? And that's the thing. Like with Nintendo, it's like they're always so diligent. And even when it feels like they're gonna have an empty fall, then suddenly comes the Nintendo Direct that mm-hmm. just launches it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then suddenly their fall is like stacked. In fact, like I mentioned last year, probably Nintendo had like the best year for any of the third of the first parties when it comes to like a consistent cadence mm-hmm. of like big releases, like all year round. Maybe I didn't play all of them, but then when I listened and saw everything that they posted, I was like. God damn, they fed you. If you're on Switch, they fed you. If you're willing to like look at all of that, even the the very last game they fed you with Pokemon was kind of broken, but 
a lot of people think it's the best Pokemon game, even despite that. I know yeah. you were one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. I feel I, like Microsoft like needs... They always launch with two. I feel like a, a two-punch is probably what they need. It all depends on when Starfield launches. I feel if they try to launch Starfield in June, the same month that Street Fighter comes out, Diablo 4 comes out, Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> comes out, is like, unless you're feeling real, real confident that that game is going to become like a vacuum to itself, that everything around it should like fear Starfield. The last showcase of Starfield, the one that I finally gave I the gameplay. I did not think it was a banger. I didn't. I was like, I I enjoyed it from premise, but as a, the world's going to stop here, I'm like, you need to show me a little bit more. Is that because especially your, your, your reputation is not as sterling as it could be, especially following Fallout 76, which I mentioned to you in our crossover episode. It's like not really their fault because that was made by the sub team, but they actually took the brunt mm -hmm. of like the criticism. Uh, this is like, uh, if, we, if this was like the next game following Skyrim, I could believe it. But Fallout 4 also happened there, and Fallout 4 wasn't that impressive. No. Even though it was pretty a good game. So, but, so that's why, like, a, like they're doing a showcase. They mm -hmm. did mention when they announced the one that we saw today that Starfield's going to have their very dedicated showcase. I bet it's going to have the same format. Uh, it Now, picture this. What if, like, what just happened right now with Hi-Fi with, with Hi Rush is what they do? Oh, just shadow drop Starfield that day. Oh yeah. my goodness, the balls on them! What? Look, you, you, just think about it. You, you just kind of think, uh, oh. because technically they could. They could. Uh, they they that, technically, yeah. That would be, be insane. So that would be yeah. I would be so shocked if they're. Well, but I I wonder if like how they dropped the, this this game today. They're gonna study their reaction to that because I tell you, my Twitter timeline was blowing like up. blowing up over this game because. What a great, uh, perfect storm for uh, for being able to have like such a unique looking game and have mm -hmm. it there right now. Oh, yeah. it's so good. That would be so cool. I mm -hmm. and you know Bethesda has had a history of like shadow dropping release dates because they kind of did um, um Fallout Four like that. You yeah, remember they revealed it. Yeah, they revealed that game three mm -hmm. months later, like three four months later, the game was gonna be out. Mm -hmm. That's what and that's the thing. That's what made that thing hype. With Starfield is like. Unfortunately, they made the big mistake of revealing Starfield back in 2018. So that game has been like percolating in the in, in the public consciousness for so long. And back in then, it was a multi-platform game. So then, it had to go through the process of that being removed from a for multi-platform becoming an exclusive. So, what would be like a way to really uh, hit? It would have to like be like a, we're gonna really give you the next deep dive and then launch it immediately. There are rumors, uh, Ainsley from my editor-in-chief over at Season Gaming, he has, mm -hmm. like, connections with the Xbox people. He has heard rumblings that that the showcase is in February. Okay. The, the thing far. is, yeah, no, not too far for, for, like, Starfield. Then, I don't know where I saw this. Apparently, there's, like, rumblings that there's going to be, like, a media... Uh, there's there's going to be, like, a media preview thing over, at, over in March so mm -hmm. people can come test Bethesda games, so... In the case like my dream scenario of like they're gonna shadow drop it right then, is like I feel like it's gonna be very relatively soon. My thing is that like, when I look at these release dates, I'm like, there's nothing in March. No, there's February, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So March is technically Jedi Survivor and Resident Evil Four month for me. That to me is exciting for itself <laughs> because those are like were my number one and my number three most anticipated mm -hmm. games of the year. Um, 
I feel they could theoretically launch it there if they want to kind of like because just picture it, the, whatever they showcase this time compared to like what they showed last year, it's actually really impressive. Then on that impressive, it's like, and now you don't have to wait too long. And 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 then that's like the media will get to get, go preview the game, and then you're sure after that you guys get it. Mm-hmm. I, because, yeah, I'm right there with you. Even mm-hmm. if they said, hey, it'll be uh, like it'll be available one week mm-hmm. and then like the media gets it for that one week and then next mm-hmm. thing you know the hype on it the hype train keeps building and building and building you know like yeah. people would love that especially if it's like one week like like oh my goodness like i lose my mind i'd be like oh i gotta get ready like mm-hmm. i gotta hurry up and beat jedi Solo survivor at that point you know yeah 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 just think about it just think how disruptive today was like for mm-hmm. many it was like it's like it, it's so it's like this is what a bomb feels like when it drops <laughs> <laughs> like this feels like because it's like you like i was planning on doing forespoken all day today mm-hmm. then that dropped and that's all i played before we started recording uh, so like it was so we'll get to that in a minute no. um but i i got a question for you like they also showed off um the sort of like the the grand deluxe pack for elder scrolls online where mm-hmm. like it, all the all the content and everything like that it's available for you for a limited mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. all the dlcs available are you enticed to actually play the game when they say limited time, that lowered my excitement because mm-hmm. I was like, I would have, because I, I haven't really been uh, keeping up with how they're actually supporting this. Like, I did, I, I like, I, I don't know, because I know that this is the, one of the few Bethesda games that are still multi platform. There's a PS5 version for it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of those expansions, you can buy them a la carte. And I don't know, I haven't known if the in Game Pass, if you're, if you just, if you get this game on Game Pass, if all of that is just going to be there as part of your subscription. From my so, understanding, it's just the base game on Game Pass, and then mm-hmm. you still have to buy, like, the DLCs. Very similar to, like, on Forza, um, like, Forza mm-hmm. Horizon, you still have to buy the Hot Wheels set, but, mm-hmm. like, you still get the base game for on Game Pass. Yeah, so when I saw how many expansions there were, mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a lot of game. This game has literally, like, escaped me at yeah. this point. Just when I think, because... Think about it this way, like, I have been, like, debating of trying to do, because I have a s- Oblivion save, mm-hmm. like, on my Series S, that I'm still, I've been chipping away at it over, like, the past year, just kind of slowly going through it, because I never beat it. Uh, Fallout 3 and New Vegas, I never beat, even. Uh, Skyrim, I never beat, either. So I'm, like, th- just thinking about trying to see if I, there's a way for me to finish any of those four games, even before Starfield, or maybe after, because I like, re- I like playing previous entries of a studio's work, mm-hmm. I see this and I'm like, in what in, in what world will I have the commitment <laughs> to see all that? Especially when all of that was listed. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, this is cool. I, this is really cool that you've supported this game for so long, especially because this was also a middling launch back in like 2014. This game yeah. wasn't that well received, but this was more, this is not our live service. This was an MMO. Mm-hmm. So they have really supported it like an MMO should. And technically, I own the game on PS5. I bought it for like five bucks in one sale. <laughs> so that's been just sitting there percolating. Uh, Fallout 4 is the only one of those games that I've beaten. And because I beat it right in the moment that it launched, when it was at the side guys in 2015. So I think it's cool in paper what they're doing with Elder Scrolls Online. It's just like, for, to me personally, with everything that I have to play, that limited time thing... No chance. Move, yeah, no chance. If they had said... Hey, if you're hearing Game Pass, all of this that's here, we're giving it to you. 
if that's how, how if that's how it was actually worded instead of the whole limited limited time thing, which I actually want to go rewatch just to like, make sure to hear exactly what were like what made that so cool or like what they were gonna offer you to. Maybe that would have retilted, but I feel like conceptually, other than Minecraft Dungeons, that was like my least exciting thing about what they were showing here. Same. So, but uh, I'm just glad to see just some principles, seeing that they're supporting it. Yeah, because, I am too. Because like I need to make sure that Microsoft is committing to mm-hmm. like these projects that they absorbed and took over when they when they bought Bethesda. I am too. Um, like to your point, I'm not an MMO person at all. Like I, that's not my genre of games, and and I really. I wasn't one of the people who like really fell in love with Skyrim. I loved mm. Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I got every trophy in that game, but like Skyrim was nothing that n- wasn't a game that like spoke to me on a personal. You sure trophy? Uh, that never game never got trophies. They had uh, achievements. Achievements, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like before, be, yeah, saving yeah. your budget because that's a game that never got <laughs> patched for trophies. Yeah, it was so early. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so especially I- back in the 360, Oblivion was so big. That was yeah. like such a massive like game, especially early on. In the, people don't realize how better they have it now. Remember the early days of the 360 when there was oh. barely any game. Yeah, that and was, then that launched. <laughs> that was like one of the games that I was just like playing daily because it was one of the only choices, especially mm-hmm. as an RPG at that time mm-hmm. for himself. Yeah, I I'm not gonna probably jump into Elder Scrolls Online. Forza mm-hmm. Motorsport is a game that I might check out at launch, but I doubt I put more than eight eight hours yeah. into that game. Yeah, usually those games are like I want to see how good this looks on my TV. Exactly. That's usually how I, I look at those games. So, to me, like right now, all eyes are on the next showcase, which mm-hmm. we already know is in the works, which is the Starfield one. Whatever they end up doing, that a shadow drop or a release soon, is like that's gonna tell the tale. Um, I would say like knowing that Forza. It's now just coming in 2023, and they were willing to delay it as after being one of the promised ones for this 12-month period. If Starfield needs the time, I don't care if you take the L. Yeah, I don't either. Give it. Mm-hmm. Just give it. Like, like if it requires for uh, for Starfield to like be pushed and be like the big fall, yes, optically, it's like you're pushing like the ball further, and yeah, you had to like give it a full year delay. Here's the thing, like... No I don't care. care. As, yeah. and no one's gonna care if the game banks. Mm-hmm. If the game absolutely like becomes like an actual monument, not monumental release for them, it's like it's gonna be worth it. Don't like. I don't want like if the game is technically ready and if it can be ready and launched now, if they find a nice window, which to me is getting like narrower and narrower now, especially mm-hmm. now that Redfall is there, like Redfall already took took the claim of May because that's what I thought was gonna be like a perfect Starfield release date. I was like. May, I only think of the two games. One of them I don't really care about. The other one's going to be big, Zelda. That could have been one. They gave it to Redfall. So I'm like, okay, we're at two now. Like, and I think they would want Redfall to come out first before Starfield. But who knows? It's like they can play... Today's Shadow Drop makes you think that they can really play music, musical chairs in different ways now. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I want that game to be ready. So I don't think like... Especially because they have been very vocal about like... Yeah, the situation of like what happened with Cyberpunk, how that was so disruptive to how people uh, of people rethinking how they're gonna release games. That if that game is a broken mess, oh, like, we will never, oh, for, we'll never forget it. We won't no. like, we won't never forget it. Like, mm-hmm. it is is that old adage, you know, where like you know that you always remember a broken game, but like mm-hmm. a good game stays a good forever. You know that mm-hmm. that that basically that saying. Yeah, the, like, the Miyamoto, the Miyamoto mm-hmm. games like a. Like a, a delayed game is eventually good, uh, and, and then uh, 
a bad game, a broken game is forever bad yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And uh, obviously, these day and age, especially in the age of patches, that is not 100% true. But the stink of the initial impression sometimes remains. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's crazy. Like, for example, Cyberpunk researched last year. Mm-hmm. And with an amazing next-gen port, and the anime really, like, researched that game. A lot of people are still like, I still remember when you launched that broken POS back in 2020. Yeah. That's, and, that, that will always linger. And, and, you know, it's not quite as bad as this, but, like, people are talking bad about, like, Forspoken right now. Can you imagine if Forspoken got the glow up, like, Cyberpunk is getting right now, to where, like, uh-huh. it also has, like, maybe a cool anime tie-in, and, like, mm-hmm. they really do a lot of hard work in, in fixing a lot of the issues with the game that a mm-hmm. lot of people have, then... This, it, you know, like, it still has that lingering, like, launch day experience, though. So mm-hmm. it's, like, it, it will never be the same again, even how, even if it's, like, a AAA, like, 10 out of 10 experience in three years. It'll never be mm-hmm. the same, you know? Yeah. And that's why I always say that, uh, that's the one thing I hate about modern gaming. It's, like, reliance on, like, the live service model or just thinking, it doesn't matter. It'll eventually get good. I'm, like, no. look at the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Avengers is just right there. I mean, it just... He just got put into the sacrificial in the sacrificial altar and just got got like beheaded in the exactly. in the altar of like there was a game that no eventually will get good, it never got there, Mm-mm. like it it really never got there and uh, obviously Starfield is not a live service so usually those games tend to be like maybe it's different but I feel like especially this Starfield has the extra uh, it, it has an extra how can I say lens on it of everyone like looking more uh, uh, like looking at that game in a with a more critical eye because now it's Microsoft like bankrolling they got mm-hmm. they, they they they're they're putting this is going to be a marquee game it's like can they release like a traditional Bethesda game knowing that you have daddy Microsoft giving you the money now yeah like, they're not giving you the excuse so yeah yeah and to your point like you know, it's not just that. It is the fact that it has the weight of, like, the entire Xbox catalog on it. Because, like, what have we been saying about Xbox? You know, like, where are the AAA games? And then where are the first-party games? And then not only that, it's like... Where, where are the new? Where Yeah, where are the new games? And then mm-hmm. when... And then, you know, recently there was, you know, kind of funny, kind of started that movement of, like, when was the last time an Xbox game was nominated for a Game of the Year award? Like, and then they, when I look... When I really look back at the last decade. Yeah, it's been very dry. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it has so huge, it has so big, hefty, like, expectations on its shoulders to, like, fix all those problems. Like, every single one of those questions, like, where have where are the AAA games? Where are the first-party games? So, like, do you want to know when was the last time that it won was nominated, like, in that Game of the Year conversation? When was it? 2012, Halo wow, 4. Wow, that is <laughs> insane. Yeah. Because then when I think about, like, 2013, like, what did Xbox have that year? Nothing in mm-hmm. 2013. Then in 2014, nothing. Like, not even Sony had anything that year. 2014 no. was dry. That was, like, the Shadow Mordor, Dragon Age, uh, South Park year. Mm-hmm. Then 2015, Xbox had nothing. PlayStation at least had Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. 2016, Xbox had nothing. PlayStation had Uncharted 4. 2017, Xbox had nothing. PlayStation had Horizon that year, but I see that was Breath of the Wild's year. Yeah. 2018, Xbox had nothing. Uh, <laughs> God of War 2018 was there. 2019, Xbox had nothing. Uh, that Stranding was kind of like what was in that talk. 2020, mm-hmm. nothing. Then 2021, Deathloop, but it wasn't even their game. No, <laughs> no. So I'm like, it's it's been so long, and you know, mm-hmm. like, 
both of us want Xbox to do well. We want there to be like a uh, a synergy to where all three of the major you know game develop uh, game yeah. consoles are doing well. But like you gotta give us something, you know, you gotta mm-hmm. gotta give us something to actually yeah. play with. Yeah, to me specifically, uh, because I think you and I are similar that we probably like we main on PlayStation, right? Yeah, like that's like our ma- that's our main console. Like I want Xbox to do well because even though Nintendo is as successful as they are. Because they're on such different wavelengths than the other than the other ones, it can make it can make PlayStation feel like they're being successful by their own, not not even caring about like Nintendo's success because they're like in different parallel tracks. Xbox is in their same track. Yeah. So when a really good Xbox is like really putting the heat, that's when we know PlayStation then will elevate. will not rest in their in their mm-hmm. laurels and they're gonna elevate. Like love it or not, like because I absolutely have been hating just having to follow that story this, this entire past year. The way my Sony acted with the Microsoft uh, trying Activision. to acquire Activision, like the things that they've been saying, like freaking Jim Ryan flying to Brussels to cry about it, basically, uh, and, and and just like the, some of the things, like the comments that they've been mentioning, is like Call of Duty is irreplaceable. Call of Duty is like this unique thing, and I'm like, you're putting too much effort in a third party game when you have all these like studios that have been like giving you quality game of the year content like oh, yeah, that you sure. that you own and the way that they have been they have been like uh what's the this biblical term like the whoever like that like scratches their 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 clothes or something like <laughs> like 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 towards them potentially losing this like shooter and all that mm-hmm. and like it's just been so embarrassing but it really does tell you it's like they're feeling the heat Mm-hmm. They absolutely feel in the heat, and Microsoft for some reason takes that game away from it, even though they have promised it many times. Even saying, "Hey, dudes, we're gonna give you a ten-year contract that's enforceable," saying mm-hmm. that we're giving you this game for the next ten years. Like the way that they acted, it just makes me think. Like, so this is what Sony looks like in a way when they're like feeling the heat. Yeah, um, yes. and also like we don't even know if like Call of Duty is gonna be big in ten years. You know, mm-hmm. like exactly. It- in 10 years, I mean, 10 years ago, like, you could say that Battlefield was right there. Like, mm-hmm. right there with, like, one of the top shooters in the world. Battlefield yeah, right they, now can do a damn thing. No. Like, it, Battlefield is insane. Like, they decided to, like, pick a fight with Call Because you remember, Battlefield used to be its own thing before Call mm-hmm. of Duty was doing. It was doing its own thing, releasing in its own way. And then John Riccatello, the CEO at EA at that time, who was, like, starting with Battlefield by Company 2, started making comments like, yeah, this is our way to start taking uh, the fight back towards the call of duty franchise and i'm like why like you've been doing your own thing so do you want to pick a fight and then battlefield 3 was that legendary you know we're releasing in the fall and we're doing Mm -hmm. a marketing campaign saying we're answering beyond the call and all that and since then since picking that fight battlefield has just been like stumbling after stumbling after stumbling like the broken game started coming and now it's like with 2042 like battlefield is a laughing stock so who knows maybe call of duty eventually can be that yeah, I mean, we don't in ten years. We don't know what's gonna happen with that IP. Mm-hmm. But I gotta ask you. Um, we we talked about Elder Scrolls Online. We talked about Redfall. We talked about Forza Motorsport. But we haven't dove deep into the last game, Hi-Fi. My- yeah. Uh, Minecraft. We both we both kind of brushed on it. Yes. Neither <laughs> one of us are big Minecraft kind of people. Like, yeah. Wow. We're not probably going to pick this one up, but let's talk about High Five, man. High Five yeah. Rush. High Five Rush is like, I'm shocked this is a game that's coming out of Xbox. Like, mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane when I look at it and I look at my controller and I'm like, how is this a first party game from them? This is insane and exactly what they needed. 
Like, mm-hmm. they, they, because they everyone knows them for, like, a specific thing. They have been toying around with the idea that they could probably diversify, but in the at the end of the day, they've always been, like, rotating with the, between the Halos, the Gears, and the Forces. Fable once in a while, and then Fable went away. Fable went away. Mm-hmm. But with this, following, like, what they did with Pentiment last year. Oh, so good. I'm like, wow. So they're actually talking the talk of, like, saying that they're giving these studios that maybe didn't have the financial security they had before. Mm-hmm. To let them like do these very unique games, a game is like that's basically Devil May Cry, Dance Dance Revolution, Jet Set Radio, Sunset Overdrive, and Sunset Overdrive, like all like mixed in a blender and with some dialogue that feels like straight out of Persona sometimes, and knowing that these are the the evil within the evil within guys, it's just crazy, so absolutely crazy, absolutely absolutely crazy, and that game's I tell you, it's, it's gonna be like talked about a lot yeah. over this next over this next past week because it feels so refreshing like and it, it feels like an absolute like refreshing thing in a triple a space that can sometimes feel a little samey mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't want to like give too much spotlight at this kind of game even though this game i wouldn't even put in the triple a level because it's actually selling for 30 bucks yeah so i was kinda, bringing that up uh-huh. yeah so, so so you kind of know like kind of like what they're looking but here's the thing i don't care a good game's a good game Especially really, especially this cool, and that to me is like what gives me hope for many of these developers. To me, like what they did with Obsidian with Pentiment was like a, a nice sign mm-hmm. of, huh? Because they're in the business to putting content on Game Pass, then that they are they're giving the, their developers the leeway of being like, do your quirky weird little thing, because we need content for Game Pass, and we're gonna like promote you in a way that actually matters. And how they did it with like Jinji Mikami being there. That's how you know that this is just some throwaway project. This is like this is like something that's he's that, endorsing this, you know. He's, he's absolutely endorsing it from from within his studio. Being like, no, we stand by this, and we're totally down to be like so completely different to what we've done. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I want to keep. I want to keep playing it. It's like I have to review for Spoken, and I'm like, <laughs> damn it! Like I really want to just keep playing high high fi high fi rush. It's this is what I love about the industry, especially I love like. It. It gives me hope for the industry that creativity can still like win. Yeah, yeah, like, I I'm right there with you. And um, one of the things like you brought up just now about like the fact that it doesn't have to be this big AAA experience. Like it mm-hmm. could be that Xbox just pumps out content that is that thirty dollar level to where it's smaller experience. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like eight to ten hours to where you get in and everything is just like nice and tight. Like. Almost like they took what worked from like Stray with what mm-hmm. PlayStation did with Stray and just said, hey, we have like 14 studios. We can all, each one of the 14 studios can be working mm-hmm. on a big game yeah. and also a little and game. And the thing is they have 23. So yeah, exactly. They, they, like, because they have that many. And eventually if the micro, if the Activision Blizzard thing goes, potentially 30 plus. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's the concerns that as of right now, we're seeing a way that they haven't been managing the studios well because... If you had been managing the studios, you would have released games last year. So yeah. that's when you knew that there's been a problem there with managing. But uh, this was like at least a nice taste of maybe what when the, they're firing, firing in all cylinders and the games are actually like cooked and ready to go. What like what the things that they can happen. 
And oh yeah, for sure. Can you imagine if we get like small, like I would love a Halo experience like this to where it's like mm -hmm. a tighter $30, like smaller Halo experience. Completely like, different from like the first FPS, like completely where different. the third person shooter, I mean that like, we got the strategy game. Mm -hmm. Halo could be some other Halo things. Wars, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it could be completely different or it could just be like a campaign to where it's just a straight shot Master Chief campaign. It's a mm -hmm. smaller scale campaign. It could be you could do something smaller scale with gears it as well. It sucks that supposedly that was the plan with Infinite, and look where we mm -hmm. are now. So, yeah. yeah, it really it really sucks. But like they have they have like the the studios, they have the talent, they have like that kind of track record now, especially with Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, to where you can do the small scale things and really make that like mm -hmm. really make an impact. Because I almost like me personally speaking, I would almost rather have like. 12 experiences that are smaller scale to where I get an experience like a different experience every single month than rather have these big triple A games that come out like maybe once every three years, you know? Yeah. These are the nice compliments. These are your fries to the burgers. Yeah. You can't sure. just be, be served the, or like the fries to the steak. If mm -hmm. we want to like put it more like because triple A games now feel like this prestige things, so obviously it's like eating a steak. It can cost <laughs> yeah. like 70 bucks at a steakhouse in dallas mm -hmm. <laughs> i tell you when i saw those prices I was like, <laughs> no lie no yeah, lie no, but uh but yeah it's like i feel like that's been the big problem with triple a is like now the demands of audiences are such that that's why sometimes we wait so so much for some of these games mm -hmm. when back in the day we should wait we would wait a year or two to get this yeah like for microsoft sure. has you work with i believe they have the money to like be able to give these developers a chance to do their small thing like pentiment and, and this on top of like grounded oh, and even something that mm -hmm. they funded like uh as dust falls i think it was what it was, it yeah, was called as yeah falls. Mm -hmm. it's like very unique things that it's weird to think of them as xbox games yeah they don't feel very xbox they, do they no and i think that's good because mm -hmm. then it means like keep doing this more and then you'll rehabilitate your image Oh yeah, like you're sure. not just gonna be the dude bro box that you used to be back in the OG Xbox and then and three sixty days when you were when you actually had Call of Duty as your mm -hmm. like as a, as a, as your driver. That's why like the Xbox was like the dude bro box back then because it was like the console for shooters, and then they lost Call of Duty and then that kind of went went to a wayside or like their identity got weird after they lost Call of Duty and then it just became stagnant. I feel like uh, this gives hope that maybe now I'm I'm hopeful of like okay what's What's playground games like small game? Oh, that, that would is, be really cool. Yeah, like, like what, what what's what's uh, what's on that left smaller game other than like State of Decay? Um, because like we mentioned, it's like they are in the business to try to keep Game Pass fed. Mm -hmm. So, and and unfortunately with subscription services, as we see it with Netflix, it's like they try to push so much content to try to justify the to, to try to justify a subscription. So they're yeah. the ones that have the they they're the ones that have the money. So yeah, let them do your weird thing. Oh, yeah. Not the, yeah, let them do the weird thing. And I tell you, when you play this game, you're going to be like, I, I was talking with Paul, we had a smile on our face as soon as it started. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it, I was like, yes. It's like, this feels like, this feels so wholesome. This Aww. is so, this is so cute. This is so energetic. It's, like, it, mm -hmm. it's so revitalized. Like, it, it's just revitalizing Aww, to, uh, to, really what, to what I like about like game creativity like flying in this like sort of middle market oh that's nice so. especially with all the things we've been hit with in the game industry lately like it's nice that we have like these nice stories to kind of make us feel better you know mm -hmm. about everything oh yes yeah so i'm like oh, yeah. i tell you it hit me harder especially after having just finished like tell requiem mm -hmm. just yesterday 
It was like, what a nice palate cleanser. <laughs> like, getting something this cheerful. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So, uh, Alejandro, I got to ask you, what are you going to be playing for the next week? So, I definitely have to finish for Spoken. Like I mentioned, yeah. like the, the fact that it's like a 15-hour runtime makes me, feel, it makes me think that after I finish editing my podcast for tomorrow, I can have like this entire weekend to just finish it. I definitely want to sneak in Dead Space because it launches this Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reviews it tomorrow. So I'm really curious. I want to see how Dead Space Remake is reviewed in comparison to the Callisto Protocol. I wonder if the Callisto Protocol has helped that game. I wonder if they dropped the ball. Who knows? It's like it's so funny. Like there, I have no indication to tell me how this remake's gonna go. <laughs> so I'm really curious. But I love the original Dead Space. So I'd be, I'd be, it'd be nice to play that. Uh, I'm gonna be playing more high, high five, high five rush. Okay. Like as my, as my kind of like palate cleanser in between all of that. And if I had the time, I want to give Monster Hunter Rise a little bit more like of a chance. I, I still haven't tried it. Paul I tried, tried it, and, it at all. Yeah, Paul tried it and he was, was cursing at our chat. Like he, <laughs> he, he was like so overwhelmed by all the menus and losing. Like he didn't have the patience for that. I was like, oh, it's one of those, huh? So I guess it's just Monster Hunter again because I remember that with World until it grabbed me after how many tries. So... Okay. So yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'll be playing at least for 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 this week as I'm gearing up towards uh, the release of Hogwarts Legacy in like two weeks. Okay, so. yeah, I'm excited about Hogwarts yeah. Legacy. I I'm really excited. We're gonna you know like we're doing so much content together in 2023, so definitely look forward to having you back on the single player experience, and definitely yeah. look forward to being back on the X Button podcast to talk about all the sweet and nerdy goodness. Oh, I yes. I'm looking forward to all that. Um. Absolutely, gonna, it's been it's been rejuvenating. Like it, it really like, has. like being having someone new to be able to like create together. It's like it's so it's all it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be playing um a game called Mega Mangavania. It's like Mangavania. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's a indie game. Um, it, it just it's kind of reminds me of a little bit of Castlevania. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit of Castlevania, a little bit of Dead Cells, but kind of mixed in with a little bit of platforming, like. Hmm. yeah it's it's a smaller scale it's a smaller scale game it's not quite a 10 out of 10 experience but it hmm. is a very tight platformer i i said it before it's like i don't live my life just with a 10 out of 10 experiences mm-hmm. the spice of life is in your sevens and your eights <laughs> yeah and this so. feels like that this mm-hmm. and you know as a person who likes mangas and anime the fact that it kind of has a black and white manga feel to it mm-hmm. and it really like grabs me and really like and it really like makes me entitled to want to play more of it and it, the gameplay is fun. Uh, it mm-hmm. has no story whatsoever, but like the gameplay feels t- tight. It almost feels like I'm playing like a Met- Naruto version of a Metrovania. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I'm I looking s- at the Steam page right now. Like, yeah, it, yeah, like it is. I probably put in maybe like four to five hours into it so far. I probably mm-hmm. beat like eight levels of it. Really liking what I'm playing so far. If you're, this is just on Steam right now, right? It's not yeah, a console. Right, yeah. Right now it's just PC and Steam, but yeah, it's it's one of those to where when you do kind of get into it, it really really grabs you. But um, I tell you, when a Metroidvania grabs me, like I have to stay away from those because <laughs> oh god, it's like Metroidvania is like crack for me. Mm-hmm. So I have to like stay away from from them really grabbing me. 
really so, really good art style here it's got a lot of detail in like the enemy variety it's got detail in like mm -hmm. the levels constantly evolve and they change and everything like that so i it's right now it's probably one of my favorite indies that I've played that's come out in 2023 so yeah i'll be early i can't wait to see what else indie wise comes 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 this year oh and yeah. the thing is i have you because you're the one that likes diving into those so mm -hmm. I, you're kind of like my point of contact <laughs> <laughs> for sure so, for sure glad to be the indie master so to speak but yeah yeah I, like i'm looking forward to having nice death yeah since you oh mentioned since you mentioned that i am in our crossover episode so it looks so good i can't wait to play it um but yeah i'm I'm gonna be playing um mangavania and then i'm going to be playing um pro yeah just hi-fi rush um those mm -hmm. are the two games i'll probably like spend the majority of my oh i cannot sleep on it persona 3 I am I, portable. Yeah. Yep. Persona 3 portable. It's my first time ever playing the game. I've been diving in, enjoying my I think you streamed it with the Prona report. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I saw, I, saw, I saw the tweets. Uh. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun stream. It's been a fun stream. I, um, I like what I'm playing so far. It does. I sort of can see the age there versus a person who like was my first persona was persona five mm -hmm. and persona five Royal, like Royal. So I can see the age, but it almost feels like a visual novel now versus like the persona five yeah. game that yeah. I, that I grew up. The persona games are literally my, these look so cool. I play the beginning and knowing they're like hundred hours. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, Sometimes you're just trying to find the perfect spot mm -hmm. to be like, okay, this is all I'm going to dedicate. And then it just doesn't happen. So Yeah, it, it is a good handheld experience, I will say. Like playing that on like a Steam Deck or like a Switch feels just right. It just feels like it was meant to be. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that feels good. So that's what I'm going to be playing um, this week. Before we go, though, I got to ask you. What are you going to be watching this week? Are you? Do you have anything that you're going to be watching? Yes, The Last of Us. Of course you are. Yes, like <laughs> yes, like man. I, I wish I could have like an outlet to talk about like, mm -hmm. like we should maybe when the season is over, maybe we could talk about the show. Oh yeah, I'm down because for it. the because the show has just been absolutely exceptional. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. It's so like good. it's been it's been like it's been so fun by me i know that first game to, to the back of my mind being mm -hmm. able to like predict some of the dialogue sometimes and it not feeling corny and actually working with the version of the story and some of the things they added like the beginning of episode two was like so wrenching mm -hmm. oh god like with that doctor yeah i i oh, can't yeah. wait to see the next episode with beale and such yeah that's the one that oh. everyone like the all the early reviews were mentioning that that was the episode mm -hmm. is that, that was like the everyone like is going to be talking about this one it's like that's interesting that Apparently the real banger is like this early on in the season, so I want to see how they how they do it. And the the trailer I saw of Nick Offerman like oh, freaking Ron so Swanson as him, I was mm -hmm. like, God, it's so perfect. It's like they really nailed the cast. They like they really nailed this casting for like what I can imagine of this character and how they're gonna like portray it here. And I want to see what they do with Frank because oh, Frank we so never good. and Frank we never saw. Uh, no, we never. We we always it was it was just the, the just the body yeah. mm -hmm. after 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 he hanged himself. So. I want to see like how they do this story thread because I've been mm -hmm. even the part that as some people have found a little controversial the end of episode two with the kiss. Oh uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I actually liked it because I like body horror, so it's like mm -hmm. that just makes the it, to, to me. I saw it as a way of like this just makes the infected even more scary. Yeah, it really does. That this it, can happen. So so really I, I understand I understand them doing it even if as creepy and weird as it is. It's like yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, they changed it up. Instead of it being spore based, it's almost like mm -hmm. that tentacle tentacle based. I'm like, oh, uh -huh. that's so nasty. Which, by the way, like when you see that, they're really emphasizing the whole like science of it all. It's mm -hmm. like 
the way the chorus has been, I think that warms into something that feels like a way for like that 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 fungus to be like transmitted to something. So that's yeah. why I was like, I was down for that. It was so funny seeing like uh, the re- some of the Twitter reactions to that scene was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was like it took two episodes to get like a, a, a moment that that set people apart. Like especially like, the last time I saw something, especially with an HBO show, was uh, House of the Dragon. Do you watch House of the Dragon? Oh yeah, for sure. So. Episode nine, the scene with Allison Hightower and Larry Strong. Oh, <laughs> that was. I feel, I feel like I, the, the reaction I saw on Twitter, <laughs> without me saying, like, I feel like the, the reaction I saw on Twitter was like similar to. I was like, "Yep, HBO's back." <laughs> yeah, I love it. it. It's my favorite <laughs> network right now. Like HBO oh, yeah. is putting out some bangers after bangers, and I can't wait to see what they do next. It feels but... so nice. I was like, they're the ones that are keeping the TV experience alive. Is like, I love mm-hmm. week to week. I love the anticipation. I was like, when House of the Dragon did a week to week thing, I was like, man, I've missed this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad, especially because some Disney shows, Disney Plus shows, have done it like the week to week. I mean, I, I that's how I watch Obi Wan and My Mandalorian and all that. I'm glad that the binging model is not the dominant model. Yeah, I'm right and there with you because it's I hate it because it feels like when they drop an entire season, it's like it feels like homework. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're smi- if you're slightly interested, it feels like homework. But it's like, mm-hmm. okay, gotta watch all of it. I'm someone that likes in indiv- like, I divide like how I look at a TV through individual episodes. Mm-hmm. If I just binge an entire thing, like, it just becomes as much. Yeah, it's I, I, I like, like being able to separate them. So, so you like having a slice of a cake at a time versus having to eat the whole cake. You know. Yeah, I like the, I like it getting it get, getting the slices as I'm like learning the taste of the thing, <laughs> so then I can have the full cake afterwards if I yeah. want to like relive it. So, because then you. I already know the taste is good. I so feel I, you. I feel you, man. It's been great talking to yeah. you. I really enjoyed um, deep diving into the Xbox and Bethesda showcase yeah. with you today. Before you go though, where can the good people find you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at a underscore Drosegobia, at Hive at at a Segobia. They can find me on Instagram at AlejandroSegobia93, and they can find my written content at TheCriticalCorner.com and my reviews over at SeasonGaming.com. I haven't, like, updated Critical Corner in a while, so I got to figure out what I want to write there, but, like, Season Gaming is, like, the first spoken review will go live at any point this week, so man, look, for, look, look forward to that. Man, Alejandro, you're amazing. You're you're doing so much out here. I once again, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Man, I can't wait to have you back, and I can't wait for my next appearance on the X Button Podcast until in a few then- weeks. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, <laughs> for sure. But until then, I will see you on the next one. Peace out. Peace out, people. Have a good night. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro Segovia for joining me on this episode of the Single Player Experience Podcast. Such a great time when he's on the podcast. Love having him on the show. So everyone, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I also want to remind you that if you want to join a community of single player gamers who just love talking about the games they're playing right now, then you should join us in the Single Player Experience Discord server. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. In this Discord server, you can find out about good single player games to play, you can get feedback on your video game backlog, and you can be a part of a community that loves single player games. So join us at the single player experience Discord server. The link is going to be in the show notes, the description of the episode. Once again, thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm about to go hop off and get me some chicken, that two-piece and a biscuit combo. But in the meanwhile, I hope you stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Holla at your boy later. Peace!